My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Tuesday the 14th of March. I'm Sam. I'm Zara. A major US bank has collapsed, raising questions about the banking industry, but also the economy at large. Alarm outside headquarters of Silicon Valley Bank in Santa Clara, California today. Dark and shuttered Silicon Valley Bank is no longer open for business. The SVB is the biggest bank to fail since the near collapse of the financial system back in 2008. Now, Treasurer Jim Chalmers says the government is closely monitoring the potential impacts on Australia after the collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank in the US. So is the anxiety caused by the collapse of SVB too much for the economy to handle? We'll let you know in the deep dive, but first, Zara, what's making headlines? New South Wales Labor has opposed Premier Dominique Perrottet's Child Future Fund, saying it could worsen wealth divides. This proposed fund would give each child a $400 starting payment from the New South Wales government. Parents and grandparents would then be able to make their own contributions annually, with the government matching their contributions by up to $400 a year. This is what Perrottet said when he announced the fund. Well, our kids' future fund accounts are going to transform people's lives. We all have an obligation to make sure that our children have greater opportunities and prosperity than we do. But the opposition says the fund would exclude those who need the most support. Floods continue to wreak havoc in Queensland, with the state's police describing the entire Gulf of Carpentaria region as a sea of water. Police issued its fourth severe weather update in four days yesterday, with people displaced by the flooding told it still isn't safe to return home. Saudi Arabian oil giant Aramco has posted $161 billion US dollars of profit for the 2022 calendar year. That is the largest ever profit recorded for a publicly listed company. Energy demand soared after many countries imposed sanctions on Russia last year following the invasion of Ukraine. And today's good news, Ruth E. Carter has become the first black woman to win two Oscars after she took out the award for her costume design in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She won her first Oscar in the same category for the first Black Panther film back in 2019. The collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, we're going to call it SVB in this podcast, over the weekend, is the largest bank failure since the 2008 global financial crisis. Customers of the bank were left unable to withdraw any of their money. Although, now fast forward a couple of days, the US Treasury has since guaranteed that customers aren't going to actually lose any money. Sam, over the weekend, you kept sending me articles about this, and I think that my responses weren't dramatic enough for you, and so you like kept going to great lengths to try to make me care more, right? But I think that a good starting point is just to actually explain what is SVB. And I mean, it's a big bank, but it's not the type of typical bank that you or I would put their money in here in Australia. So SVB was the 16th largest bank in the US and it was based near San Francisco. They're not the typical type of bank. So they're not like a Commonwealth Bank or an ANZ that you might go to to set up a savings account or get a debit card with. The way I've been describing it to my friends when trying to convince them of the importance is they're kind of the sexy bank because of who they work with. 
So they describe themselves as the bank that works with businesses, founders, and investors shaping the innovation economy. And anything that touches the word innovation is immediately sexy. They primarily work with tech startups, and they've done business with companies like Shopify, Pinterest, and Fitbit. Now, in recent years, the bank has been particularly focused on the Australian and New Zealand startup market and particularly targeting companies looking to expand to the US. If you go to any startup event in Australia or even any online forum for startups in Australia, you're going to see presence of SVB. The known customers of SVB in Australia are companies like Canva, Crimson Education and Mr. Yum. Okay, so then let's go back to this past weekend. What actually went wrong? Well, to understand what fully went wrong with SVB, you need a super quick crash course in how banks can fail. Excellent. Banks are not, Zara, like Gringotts. Every image of (laughs) Harry Potter banks in your mind is false. very niche, but okay. They do not lock your money in a room where it's ready for you whenever you want it. They take your money and invest it in bonds, stocks, or loans in an effort to make a return, and that's their profits. But this means that If everyone wanted to go to their bank and withdraw all their money all at once, the bank can't actually do that. Now, in most cases, this isn't a problem because we don't have that sort of behaviour. You and I don't run to an ATM to try and withdraw that money. But if the bank is hit by bad news, say it makes a string of bad investments and there's some negative publicity about it, a bank run can occur. And that's when customers literally run to go and get their money out. And so what we saw with SVB was some trouble when they started to take on too many long-term bonds that lost value when interest rates began to rise. Now, I'll take a pause there because I know there was a lot of jargon in that sentence, and we probably could do a whole episode just on that sentence that I said. But I guess what you need to know as the top line is that they made some bad investments, not factoring in rising interest rates. So then we have a situation last week where SVB announced a last-minute capital raise, so that's code for they didn't have enough money and they needed some money in the door, on the back of some worse-than-expected results, and this caused customers to panic and start to try and withdraw their money. The word spread extremely quickly amongst the startup community and things started to snowball. Now on Thursday, in order to keep up with the fact that so many customers wanted to withdraw their money, SVB had to sell some of their bonds to keep up with these requests. But by that point, it was already too late. A run had started and SVB customers, get ready for this number, withdrew $42 billion from their accounts, US dollars, on Thursday alone. Now, I want to put that into some context for you. The last big bank run we saw was in 2008, as I said, with the Washington Mutual Bank. And that saw a run of only $16.7 billion leaving the bank over 10 days and contributed to a global financial crisis. So now we're in this situation this week where on Friday local time, SVB officially failed and was taken over by government regulators. Customers were no longer able to withdraw any funds. Okay, so then what happens for those customers? Is their money just gone overnight? Well, there was this fear, especially for a lot of startups, that all their money with SVB would be unable to be accessed for an extended period of time. So when they actually had to run their companies come Monday morning, such as you know paying rent or paying payroll for staff, they wouldn't be able to do so. But to avoid all of this happening and to avoid panic spreading to other areas of the economy, on Sunday night, the Biden administration stepped in. And they said they would guarantee every deposit from SVB. What does that mean? It means that they will refund every dollar that was in your SVB account and give it to you on Monday morning US time. Now, something worth noting here is that there is this government insurance plan that 
is put in place that guarantees that if a bank like SVB fails in the US, you'll get the first $250,000 of your account back under the general insurance scheme. But 90% of customers at SVB have more than that amount. And it's important to remember here that we're talking about large-scale startups and businesses, not your average savings account. So that's one of the reasons the US government stepped in and they're going to guarantee to return all your money, not just the 250 k Now, it's worth clarifying here, the US government isn't saving the bank. They're saving the consumers. Unless SVB is bought by somebody else and it's on the market now, ready to be bought, Elon Musk is even sniffing around, the bank is as good as dead and buried. When we were talking about this story in the office, the thing that kept coming up was that you and I, as founders of a startup, cared deeply, once you had explained to me why I needed to care, um, about this story because we had proximity to it. it. It was, you know, a very realistic example. For those people in Australia who might not have heard of this bank before or, you know, have any proximity to startup funding, why is it such a big deal? Why should they care? Well, I think you have to look at every other moment of global financial crises over the last couple of hundred years and identify the fact that there's always something that lights the match. And I guess why people should care, even if they're not directly impacted by SVB, is we're looking for signs now of a sense of contagion, a sense of other parts of the economy getting freaked out and being affected by this one example of a bank failing. Let me put it another way for you. If a house in your street randomly gets robbed you are going to start thinking about how to make sure that your house is safe and you'd reevaluate how secure your front door is. Then if two houses get robbed, you might take that more seriously. If three or four get robbed, you might consider moving streets. And so when it comes to contagion, there are these psychological factors at play. One bank's collapse can make people anxious and want to pull their money out of a totally different bank, and that can lead to more bank runs. So then using that logic of contagion, has there been any evidence of that so far? Have we seen other banks collapse? Well, on Sunday, state regulators closed the New York-based Signature Bank just two days after SVB was closed. Regulators once again said that everyone with an account at that bank is going to receive their money in full. Now, Signature was a commercial bank known for its crypto clients. Coinbase, which is a huge crypto site worldwide, had $240 million in its Signature account. And Signature's failure is thought to be connected to some of the financial issues in cryptocurrency. So it doesn't necessarily point to contagion. But in light of everything that's happening in the last 72 hours, other banks are taking preemptive steps to reassure their customers. For example, there's another major bank called First Republic Bank, and they've released a statement over the weekend that reassured their customers the bank is in a very strong position despite rising anxiety amongst their customers. And we've heard from the US Secretary of Treasury, who said that the banking system remains resilient. I was keeping a close eye on the banking sector in Australia yesterday. We didn't see any bank run activity. So that is an indication that things are okay. But AFRA, and that's the Australian regulator, they've said they're keeping an eye on things just in case. Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz. If you learnt something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so there's a TDA episode waiting for you every weekday morning. We'll be back again tomorrow morning, but until then, have a brilliant day. 